Well, hello. <laughs> oh, I love family. It feels like family here tonight. So, um, yeah, I want, I want it to be an evening of a bit of interaction and that you can feel you can ask questions. But I'm going to start with a confession. I know Tim, I've got your ears. <laughs> I know Tim talked about confession last week. I didn't hear it. But I just um, want to tell you a, a story because it relates to tonight. Last Monday, I set aside a whole day to look at this subject of guidance. And... Um, I didn't get on very well on Monday, so on Tuesday, I thought, oh, that's good. I've got some more time on Tuesday, so I can, I'll put it on. I read, I read books. I did, you know, look, look at the subject. I hadn't actually talked on this before, so really it was quite new to me. So on, by Tuesday afternoon, I have to admit, I was in a real tiz because I'd got nothing written down. I'd read this book and I'd read that book. I'd gone through this chapter on guidance about three times and I was trying to kind of formulate my ideas and everything. So when Paul came home, he could see I was a bit distressed because the rest of the week was full and I, when was I going to do this? So he sat down. You know how he is, Paul. He listens very carefully and asks questions. And then... Um, he said, so, did you pray about it? So you can see the irony of it. <laughs> I thought, oh, my goodness. So what happened was in July, mid-July, Tim was at our house. There were a group of, I think, church leaders. We'd had some food to eat, and people were leaving. And Tim came up to me and said, Sue, could you, we're doing this series. Could you talk on guidance? And I was taken aback, actually, because I really didn't think that... I was surprised that Tim had asked me. I thought, well, maybe, maybe, yes. And he explained it was from this, using this book by Richard Foster. So I thought, well, I can read the chapter, that's fine, I can just do that. And anyway, two months' time, so that's fine. I've got plenty of time to look at it. And um, so I said, yes. <laughs> so... When um, Paul asked me that question, did you pray about it? I said, well, not exactly. I just, I just said yes. So we talked a little bit more. And, um, and I prayed. And so, no, we did. We, well, I prayed. I repented, repented. Because I, uh, my, first my thought was, oh, God, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I've only got and it 10 days' time. And what shall I say to Tim? And so on. So... I repented with Paul there, we prayed, and I left it for 24 hours and came last Wednesday evening. And I had, you know, it wasn't that God was saying I shouldn't have done it, I just hadn't asked him, and I'd gotten a tiz because, and I think that was all would have been unnecessary if I'd known that I had that peace inside. So there, that's, a, that's my confession. And yes, I felt God say it was okay, yes, you can. And actually, I feel it's been really helpful for me to look at this and at peace and to know that he... So what I want to do tonight is to share some of the things that I've learned along the way um, in um, listening to his voice. Because really, it's about hearing God's voice, isn't it? 
But anyway, I was, so I was sharing with Mark and Debbie on, um, last week after I'd had that, that episode. <laughs> and um, Mark said, oh, he'd been reading something from Joshua. Do you want to come up and just, I think it'd be helpful at the beginning to, um, if you could just share what you learned from this. Um, I'm reading Joshua at the moment, uh, and I recently read Joshua 9, and I hope I can remember this story. Um, but Joshua and his armies have actually destroyed uh, an awful lot of people under God's instruction and with God's help. And um, it says that the kings on the west of Jericho are trying to mass together to uh, actually take on Joshua and his armies. Uh, and there's a town there called Gibeon. And the people in Gibeon decide that they, um, they've heard about what God has done through Joshua and his armies. And um, they're a little bit scared, so they decide that actually they'll be, um, in some ways, quite deceiving. And they're not terribly far away from where Joshua is. But what they do is they um, clothe themselves in really, really old rags and tatty shoes. And they carry with them moldy bread and uh, really old wineskins. And the idea is that they will come to Joshua... And they'll, ask, uh, and they'll say to Joshua, uh, we've come an awful long way and actually we, we'd like to have a treaty with you um, because we've heard what God does and um, frankly we don't want to be killed. I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me if I'm not um, theologically correct in all this. But anyway. um, and it is quite interesting because um, uh, Joshua and, and his men, they look at the, the, the bread and they look at the wineskins and all the rest of it and they, they're quite flattered by these Gibeonites. That's quite an interesting story. They're flattered. And so actually they enter into a treaty with the Gibeonites that they won't kill them. And then three days later, uh, when they're out traveling, they discover that the town of Gibeon is actually just a stone's throw away from where they've been. So these guys haven't come a long way. They've actually deceived Joshua. But because of the covenant they've made, the treaty that they've made with these guys, um, they don't kill them. And actually, they end up being woodcutters, wood I think, um, uh, preparing wood for the, the, the altars. But what is interesting in this verse, in this chapter, is verse 14. Um, and do you know what it's like occasionally when you're reading the Bible? And suddenly, it's almost as if the print gets into a significantly higher font than the font that you're normally reading. And it was verse 14. Um, and it says, the Israelites sampled their provisions. That's the provisions that the Gibeonites have brought with them, the moldy bread and the crusty old wineskins. And it says, and this is the key bit, but did not inquire of the Lord. Which is really just endorsing the point that Sue has as introduction. And I think for me, there was just a message about how many times in my life do I think, actually, I don't need to bring this to God because I've got the answer to this. I can deal with this. And I think that that story was a real lesson for me that actually God is interested in the detail of our lives. And if we're in a love relationship with him, he expects us to bring the details of our lives to him as well. So, um, um, Joshua screwed up. It started with deception, but they didn't inquire of the Lord. Thank you, Mark. Very interesting. So that's quite a somber story to start with. But what just... Um, 
interested me was the deception of the Gibeonites. And going back to my own story of last week, the, um, the lies, I haven't written them down here, the thoughts that, oh, I know, yes. The thought that was going through my head by Tuesday afternoon was, you haven't got it what it takes to do this. I'd agreed with the enemy. Do you understand? I'd made an agreement with the enemy, like um, Joshua and the Israelites did with the Gibeonites. So that's what the hindrance was. That was what I was believing. And so I had, that's the other thing that I had to repent of. So why I'm saying that, that's a good place to start when we're wanting to hear God speak are there any agreements that we've made about ourselves that hint, get in the way and hinder us from hearing the voice of God? So that's just a thought. It's, maybe it's your identity. Maybe it's, I mean, you know the thoughts that go on in your head and what you think about. So I'm just leaving you that, that to ponder. Um, Yes, so the, the other thought that I had was I haven't prayed about this. I haven't spent enough time with the Lord. I haven't fasted. So I tried to miss breakfast on Tuesday morning. <laughs> I got so... Anyway, it's just funny, these things that we do, isn't it? Um, you haven't read your Bible for days, so you're not qualified to do this. So those are all the, the kind of things that go on, it can go on in our minds that get in the way. So thank you, Mark, for bringing that. And the other thing, in a minute, we're go I'm going to pass the mic around and ask you to help me with some ways that you hear God. But um, just, I think, well, what, uh, let me read something. I think it would be good to do this. That Roger... Richard Foster says in this chapter on guidance. Um, he says, guidance is the most radical of the disciplines because it goes to this heart, uh, the heart of this matter of walking with God. Guidance means the glorious life of hearing God's voice and obeying his word. And... Um, this matter of walking with God, you see, so one of the things that um, I've just been, you know, I have, I've had a, a longish life. And one of the things that I've learned more recently is knowing God as my father. And if, and that has been the basis for me now, knowing that I'm, we sang it, I am a child of God. And it's not something, is it something that we sing from our heads or is it a reality in our hearts? And um, it struck me that um, it says in the scriptures, John, in John's gospel, the very first chapter, he says, to all who received him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And, it, you know, if... This is, I feel this is really fundamental, really foundational to how we hear God. Because if we know him as distant and um, kind of 
a disciplinarian or um, I must get it right to please him, then that's going to cloud what we hear him, what we hear and understand him saying. But if we know him as father and come to him like children, just you know, imagine how a child comes to their mother or their father when something goes wrong. It's that kind, you know, he's this loving God that so wants to father us. And so that has to be the foundation of um, our hearing God. Uh, Jesus, when um, Jesus had risen from the, and appeared to Mary Magdalene, he says, I'm returning to my father and your father. Go and tell my disciples I'm returning to my father and to your father. So he, you know, he's the way to the father. He's, this is something very fundamental. It's not a metaphor. God's being father is not a metaphor. It's a reality or should be a reality for us. So my question is, do you know him as the most perfect and very best father that you could possibly have? And do you live as his son or daughter or as an orphan? It's a heart relationship. Do you know, do you experience his love and kindness and his patience with you? He's patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's the kind of father that he is. <clears throat> so... So, the other, another thing that um, I'm just explain. I, um, Richard, in this in this book, in the chapter on guidance, he talks a lot about um, corporate guidance, um, meaning um, including other people in your um, in looking for or hearing God. But I, I just wanted to start off with the personal guidance because I just feel that that has to come first. That's fundamental to um, corporate guidance. But he says at the end, the goal of guidance is not specific instructions about this or that matter, but conformity to the image of Christ. And Paul says in um, Romans 8, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In other words, God is wanting sons and daughters who are becoming like Jesus. So every circumstance, every issue that you face is an opportunity for him to work that image of Jesus into our lives. So that's the purpose, that's the goal of um, guidance. I believe that's what um, Richard Foster is saying in here. So, so, okay, so it's knowing God as Father. And then Jesus says these extraordinary words just before he goes to the cross. 
I find these chapters, chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 in the Gospel of John extraordinary because you feel that there's a sense that Jesus, there's so much that he's wanting to share with his disciples and he knows the end is coming and he has, and it's a, if you look at, if you read those chapters, you realize it's a beautiful dialogue, not dialogue, conversation between the disciples. They ask these questions because they're still not understanding him. And in reply to one of the questions, Jesus says this, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Okay. And my father will love him and we, listen to this, will come to him and make our home with him. I find that extraordinary that he wants to, he wants to come and make his home. And how does he do it? It's by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. So that is another um, significant thing in our hearing God. The indwelling, it's his spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus coming to dwell inside of us. And if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would just encourage you because to, to weigh it and to consider it because the Holy Spirit is the, what does it say in the scriptures? He's our counselor, he's our guide, he's our teacher, he's our comforter. And it's through the Holy Spirit coming to dwell inside of us that we can hear um, hear God. So, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? That was a big issue um, for me. It was a big issue in the church way back in the 60s, late 60s and early 70s. And But um, we don't, I don't know how much you hear about it now, but it is, you know, it's something to consider. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you speaking in tongues and operating in the gifts of the Spirit? And the other thing to say about the Holy Spirit is that he will never lead contrary to the written word of God. So, let's ask him now. Can we ask him now just to help us? Because we're going to go into ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here and thank you for who you are. Pray that you will help us to hear you speaking where you're adjusting something inside each of us, that we will be sensitive to that. Help me to be sensitive to what you are saying and doing here in this room. We thank you for your presence here. Amen. It's all right, I didn't notice I had my eyes closed. Right, what we're going to do now, um, there's another mic here. I want to know how you hear, you personally hear God. You have an issue, you want to know his leading in something. What are the ways that you know God leads? Somebody pass that around. Would you like to?
I've heard God speak through words to me. Um, I don't know if I can give a quick reflection. This was yeah, at no, what, please do. Yeah. This was at Wild at Heart Basic 2019, um, and it, I was in a stage where my school was closing, and I was going to be jobless, and I was thinking on where I was going to be, whether I was going to be staying with St. Matt's to continue the orchestra that had been started and or just stay at my parents temporarily whilst I look for work elsewhere. And when I was thinking about with St. Matt's and the orchestra, I had three words, I'm not done. And so I was like, okay. So I'm just, I followed through that, which is probably the first time I've ever stepped out to follow what God says. So, sorry, say that again. So you, you heard those words in your head? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very good. So it was like very clear, you knew very definitely that it was God speaking to you. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. Anything else? Anything else? A little bit like Joel's. For people who don't know, I work in the church looking after the buildings. And one day, we had some very heavy t- tables in those days, really clunky great things. And I was taking them all down and carrying them back out into the uh, cafe area. And it was really hurting my hands, because my hands are getting a bit arthritic. You know. And I said, you know, God, if <laughs> when I get arthritis, you're going to have to get some, somebody else to do this job, because I can't do it. And God said, in a voice that was almost audible, who says you're going to get arthritis? <laughs> and about a fortnight, three weeks later, Tim said, we ought to get some new tables, Pete. <laughs> and we did, and they're much lighter, and my life has been better since. Oh, very good. So that was the same as Joel. A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Other ways we hear. Anybody else? Any other way? I, I um, often hear God's speaking to me through nature. Yes. Um, very often through sort of what I'm seeing, what I'm noticing. Um, I can give just one yes. little example now. Um, when I was sort of feeling a bit overwhelmed about the sort of number of issues that needed or different people that needed uh, or would have liked to have that I could have been involved with doing things and um, that day I was walking through some, uh, some some fields and looking at a load of trees and just one or two here and there were lit up by the sunshine and I felt God very clearly saying you know you don't have to do everything for everybody but these ones that I'm like, the ones that I light up for you are the the things that I want you to be in, involved with. Um, and there's loads of other different ways, yeah. but that often comes to me through what I'm looking at. And the other way um, I hear is um, through words of music. Often something will just pop up, and uh, and that particular line of a of a song, um, it might be a hymn, or it just might be any old song that I'm hearing from from anywhere else and, and it will have a sort of specific message 
sometimes for me, sometimes for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. very good. Thank you, Amanda. So, well, yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, this oftentimes, if um, I'm just thinking in, in terms of even like with my relationship with my husband, is is uh, oftentimes it's when we hear the same thing. So it's mm -hmm. a it's a asking about something and waiting, and then, um, you know, we won't have talked about it before, and then we both say the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, that's what, what's been revealed to me as well. And so it's like this lovely affirmation um, because we're both there, and that's really, that reminded me of what we were talking about, it's just that, that knowing that it's, um, that it's right because, because God's brought us both to the same conclusion. And um, it wasn't right until we both had that feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's oftentimes. Very good. Uh, anybody else had that experience or that? Mary, come on. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, go on, Tamsin. No, I'm just going to say, um, I think this, I mean, when, similar to like Kim, I yeah. think for me, I, God needs to write things really big in the sky because I'm... <laughs> I thought I tend to sometimes don't like the idea of what he wants me to do. So um, he's very good at sort of like maybe in my quiet time I'll get a verse to do something, and then you know it's like today we have doing psalms. You know, Tim was saying to write, "Who's your favourite psalm?" And it's like, and I'm saying, well, you get different psalms every day depending on what mood you're in as to which psalm you like. Mm -hmm. And mine today was like one three nine, and and then I was you know pondering on it later on. And then I just happened to have the telly on, and it was like the queen. They were doing the thing with the queens uh, being laid to state in the yeah. in Westminster, and they started singing this song as they carried her coffin in, and it was one. It was words. The words were one three nine, and it's oh. just like God almost like reaffirming yes. that what He'd said to me this morning, He actually meant, and it was like, yes. and that's what I needed to hear. Yes, beautiful. Um, but one of the other ways which I found really helpful to hear from God is something I learned on the Father's Heart course, yes. which was journaling. And it's yes. just that whole thing where you just sit down and you're quiet and you just ask God a specific question. Yes. And then you just start writing. And I remember doing this on the Father's Heart course, thinking, oh, oh this isn't going to work. Nothing's going to come. And you suddenly start writing what comes into your head. And you're not really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then you read it back. Yeah. And it is mind-blowing. Yeah. It is just incredible. So yeah. Very good, Tamsin. I think that's that what I find really helpful. Very good. I haven't got that on my list, oh, but that is, oh, no, that is a very good... <laughs> well, it is asking... I've heard beautiful things that have come back. I've, yeah, very good. Thank you. Journaling. A couple of months ago, I had a, a strong, simple word in my head. What's... I can't remember who it was that said it just then. I don't know. Change coming. And as I pondered on it for the next few weeks, I kept adding words to it. Change is coming or change will be coming. And I realized, no, the word I had was change coming. And we've had a, a number of months now of dramatic changes culminating, I think, or possibly culminating in a series of four funerals we've got on at the moment. But um, normally... Um, I, I'm back with Mark. Mark's, uh, what Mark shared should be at the top of the list as so far as I'm concerned. The word of God from the scriptures seems to stand out like it's on neon lights or something. 
And I've had that a few occasions recently when I've been rereading some um, books of the Old Testament, which I've left alone for probably 20 years. But, yeah, the Word of God mm-hmm. in the Scriptures, standing out like it's on neon lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, same, but not copying Dorian. Um, I just find the Bible, especially the New Testament and Psalms, just my bread. It's just everything to me. Um, Even the bits I find difficult, I go back to God and say, why did you say that? And, you know, I question him about it. But I just love it. I just, and I don't read it every single day, like you mentioned. But I, you know, some days you just can't for some reason, you know, depending on what happens. But when I do, it's just life-giving. Um, not because I ought to, and we ought to read it, but because it really, for me, it really is life-giving. And again, if I'm not sure about what to do about something, um, I pray. And if I'm still not sure, I drag Dorian into it and say, pray with me. Just like Kim was saying, you know, to get agreement, which is what's so wonderful about marriage, because you might come from different angles but then when you pray together just like you said you come to an agreement and I really treasure that mm. and, and I just know God speaks to me absolutely every day even if I haven't read the Bible he just speaks to me in my conscience yeah. and in my heart I go a lot by my conscience yeah thank you Penny okay, okay. I get nudged nudged in certain directions to do things. Um, if I give you an example, about three, three, four weeks ago, I was having my quiet time in the morning, but this certain person kept coming into my mind, and I thought, I have to contact her. And I phoned, and she was in tears at the other end. She said, oh, Sue, I've so wanted to speak to you. And I didn't know how to ring you, what to say to you. And here you are, ringing me just as I need it. And we talked about things that were bothering her. I really feel God had nudged me. Beautiful, Sue. Yeah, and you could could perhaps have dismissed it. Somebody described those nudges, or that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, isn't it? Nudging you. Somebody described it to me as like a cobweb that you can ignore, you can sort of miss. Uh, or it's quite delicate, but you have to pay attention. I, I like that. Very good. Thank yes, you. Sue's very good at that. Um, I'm going to go over this side just to see if yeah. more of this side. Uh, one for me, um, dreams. Yes, probably two different types. That. Two different types of dreams, probably, if, as I reflect on my life. Yeah. Uh, a, a few, not lots, but a few very directional dreams, um, very mm-hmm. specific, probably quite life-defining dreams mm-hmm. from God that I've woken up with and known God speaking, but, but also fairly regularly dreams where God shows me like the state of stuff in my own heart or in my own journey or things that need addressing, sometimes challenging, <laughs> sometimes just kind of like, oh, when you kind of see with clarity, um, God has used those to kind of, the Holy Spirit has used them to kind of... Mm-hmm show areas of my life that he's wanting to develop or grow or challenge or prune and, and that's quite helpful. 
like she said, yeah. directional I think the counsel. majority of dreams often are things, yeah. Yeah, aren't they, absolutely. like that, that? That's interesting. Thank you. Libby? Um, I'd probably say uh, it's sort of been mentioned in, in terms of, like, people... Um, you know, people giving you words, pictures, and all of that sort of stuff. But also, I find processing with people um, also how I hear God in that they might ask a question and you just... It's, it's similar to journaling, actually, what Tamsin was saying, but just externally processing yes. those things. Um, and then also, I guess, that, like... Um, that feeling that you get just there where you're like, <clears throat> yeah, that's probably not not quite right um, or is very right. So, um, yeah. Share, can you share, would you like to just share that little story you were telling me earlier on? Uh, yeah. Because um, you used an expression. I don't know if you would say it again, but I will I can't bring it remember out. the expression. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so, yeah, dur during the summer... Um, that somebody messaged just saying we'd like to give you a job um, or did you mean dangle a carrot did you mean that one yeah, uh, and no, basically yeah, just yeah. Da dangled a, a massive carrot in front of my eyes yeah. um, which it sounded great but um, there was something I, it was through processing with, with people really and they were like well, why would you why wouldn't you want to do it why would you want and I kept coming back to the stuff of like, I want to invest in the youth here. I want to keep banging the drum for mission in this place. I love, like, all of that sort of stuff. And I think, um, you know, we can easily go and say, oh, you know, when we feel peaceful, yeah, yeah that's right. But actually, I'm going to put a spanner in the works here. <laughs> if you're going down the peace route. Because sometimes you don't feel peaceful and it's still the thing that God's calling you to. You know, I can't say every time I go out onto the street and God's like, speak to that person. I'm not feeling peaceful at all. And so, um, but there's still a draw to do it. Um, and there's still that, that conviction to, to do what it is. So um, I wouldn't necessarily link, link the two together. But... Um, yeah, I can't remember what you... You did say, but you said I had an inner peace about staying, you know, not taking the job. It was, it was a, there was a peace. You did use that yeah. expression, inner peace. Um, eventually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe you're just... <laughs> no, yeah, eventually you yeah. feel drawn to, to what God's yeah. called you into. You wouldn't have felt if you hadn't mm, For sure, yeah. for sure. Very good. Thank you, Libby. Mary. So I, I was going to say all of the above apart from dreams because I don't think God has ever yeah. spoken to me through a dream. Um, I really liked Amanda's thing about songs because sometimes a song hits you and you know it really well and some, suddenly you realise it's totally, totally appropriate. But for me, because I'm sort of mathsy, God speaks through numbers and patterns and anagrams and stuff like that. Now... Maybe some of it's just in my head, but I, I kind of like to think that God's in it as well. Do you mean he speaks to you about specific situations through... Uh, so, sometimes he challenges me with numbers when I'm thinking, what's going on? And I have to 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like buying a house, you need to know a number. Yeah. You actually need to know. But sometimes it's just numbers and verse numbers in particular. And I know I'm a bit. I don't get. I don't get. When you say three numbers. Sorry. I don't know, at one point God got me going through the whole of the Bible looking at verse numbers where you have like a chapter 9, verse 9 and some key things he wanted to say to me and I just followed that through. On another occasion, when we were on holiday, we went to three tea rooms on three consecutive days and every time someone gave me the number 14 for the table and I just felt that God was saying something to me. Now, it, it may just be massive coincidence, but... Um, Being a yes, mathematician, I that. That's kind of ponder those things. Yeah, thank you. That's yes. And and anagrams of words as well. But you could say that was signs. Yes, there's uh, something keep like coming back. That's all numbers coming down. Very good, thank you, Mary. Did that. you have something, Mary? Uh, okay. <laughs> Mine isn't as funny as Andrew's. Um, People have talked about the Bible, but they haven't talked about it quite the way I find uh, um, God speaks to me. I find he speaks to me through wrestling with the Bible. And I recently I've been trying to um, read my passage for the day three times and, and do this Lectio Divina and, and think about it and pray through it and then listen and wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and and studying it's not just the bible but reading other people's writings and mm. and sometimes i'll wrestle with something for ages and ages and ages and at the end i know i've come to the end because i feel like i've been hit with a sledgehammer and it all comes together and it makes sense so so for me hearing through the bible is not just a verse jumping out um it is wrestling and reading around and praying it through and and I think that's the way God speaks to me the most is is through this sort of yeah. in studying um it's weird yeah thank you that's interesting isn't it because people have mentioned the word of God but even we're all so different and that we hear him in different ways, but, it, but some of them are similar, but not quite the same. So here we've got a good list here. Fundamentally, though, it has to be everything, whether they're dreams, hearing words in our head, almost an audible vo voice through nature, through words of any music, uh, songs, all these things, they must line up with the word of God, the scripture, the written word of God. Otherwise, there's a danger of deception. Is that right? Thank you. Good. Nobody's mentioned visions or trances. Or angels as well. That's another. John, you've had... Spoke to you. Uh, you mean... A person that you thought it was an angel so I'd had uh, that one and I was in the shop thinking I wonder what all that stuff meant it was stuff that I it was stuff that, that was outside the door and several times actually three times so there's all the, also the confirmation and then I was in a shop and I just thought, oh, I know what it means. 
pray, pray, pray. It must be time to pray. And I actually said it out loud. It was in the material shop in Bath. And I came out of the shop, and this lady on the opposite side of the road was pushing this trolley, this old lady, and she was singing, and she sang, pray, 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 it's time to pray. Twice. And that was... I was just like... Yeah, that's yeah. It grabs your attention, that kind of thing. Very good, thank you, Sarah. Right, I'm just. I think. Sorry. Well, it was helpful, wasn't it? Helpful for people to see it as you. We were talking about it. Sorry. I just want. There is one, one thing that I, I do. I'm not very good at drawing, but I do want to. do this diagram. There's a, a guy called Mark Verkler who wrote a book on hearing God's voice. Well, it was a workbook, actually. Anybody come across Mark Verkler and done his... He, he was a scientist, and he was fascinated by how people could hear the voice of God. You know, talked about... And because he was so left-brained that he... Anyway, I won't go into all that, but what, the, what I, I do feel is important, and when we're... Particularly if we're asking God for a specific um, leading in, a, in an area. Say it's a job. So here you are. He's got a, a photograph in his workbook. Here's the person. Okay. I'm not going to draw God. I'm going to just draw a circle for God. Is that okay? Can you see that? That could be God, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. So this person has an issue. Okay? In the box there. We'll say it's his job. And he wants to know... So he's been offered a job, okay? Um, I don't know anybody here who's been offered a job recently. He's resolved, that's resolved. So. Um, and it's a, a job that will take him away from bar, from the church, the church family. He's got more money. Promotion, that's the big thing. It's promotion. So it's quite a significant thing. So here he is. So he's asking the father for the answer. Now, if this job in his mind is really important and he's kind of, it's become what Mark Buckley describes as an idol, you know, that's um, promotion. Sorry, I'm not very good at writing, but promotion, okay. Um, money a change in circumstances which feels very appealing, it becomes this kind of big idol. And the problem is, and it gets in the way of here. It has to come through. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's filtered through the idol. And um, so... How he hears God coming, it comes back through. Um, and I just wanted to draw your attention to that. Because I feel it's really important that when we're praying for something, whether it's a job, marriage, some of the, the big life changing things, particularly, that we truly are surrendered in our hearts, yielding the thing, 
whatever it is, um, and ready to lay it down and not holding tightly onto it so that it becomes so big that we can't hear God. Because if that's in the way, he might hear, yes, because it's being filtered through here. So just wanted to draw attention uh, to that. And there was something else I was going to say about that, but I've forgotten what it is, so... The difficulty with that, though, that is what you said, first of all, God has told me. Yeah, right, yeah. So who am I as this counsellor yeah. to say, yeah. just listen a minute. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, if God has said that, I mean, you can, there are ways, yes, that actually that's happened. Paul came back yesterday and said somebody, yeah, God has said this to somebody. Well, I, he was, Paul was uncomfortable about it, so I think he was going to go back. But we, you know, if your heart is really open for the counsel of others, then it's, this is what I'm feeling. But, and, you know, it is to pray and say, well, you know, how important are these things to you? Are you willing for the answer to be no? If you're not willing for the answer, if you really finding it hard. Yes. Yes, there are some things. Yes. Yes, because that means you are fully yielded and surrendered, doesn't it? Okay, let's get it. it's nine o'clock, and I, um, I just, I'm going to leave just a few thoughts with you on corporate guidance. So can you see that these things are fundamental, that knowing God as Father, that you're his child and he loves you and he, his heart is for you, is the way, first of all, to approach any questions, any guidance, questions or guidance that we want. Knowing the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you and trusting that he speaks through you. That these, so supposing, uh, this is just a throw out. Here in the church you have an issue in this family. Who's the one that sorts it out? Is it all up to Tim? Or are we as a church family, congregation, do we carry anything? I mean, how powerful would it be if there are a group of people who are together in heart, yielded to the Lord and listening to his voice on any issue. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. So you've got the assurance of his presence with you when you're together. 
and the authority of unity and heart. And it's a very powerful thing. So that corporate guidance is, is significant. And then in the city, how wonderful it would be. And that, this is what I've just found so extraordinary. So I do recommend you read it. He is prophesying into what I see going on today and talking about a corporate guidance of a sort of apostolic leadership of men and women who are in a city seeking God. And of course, we've got examples in the Acts of the Apostles in um, the church in Antioch when they were all together. The prophets and teachers were together and the Holy Spirit, they were fasting and praying and the Holy Spirit spoke. And then again, chapter 15 of Acts, they had a huge issue, a really significant issue. And when they got together, beautiful thing happened. The experience of Paul and Barnabas and speaking and traveling through Galatia and seeing the Gentiles come to Jesus. Sorry, I'm running through this, but I do feel that it's really interesting. Peter's vision, his trance that he had, his own personal experience of hearing God that God was speaking to the Gentiles. And then if you read in chapter 15 of Acts, they, uh, Peter stands up and he quotes the scripture. So you have those three things. And, and I think it's beautiful. It's the diversity of gift in that room. And they all come to the agreement. It seemed, they say... Um, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It wasn't a democracy. It was a complete coming together in unity. And I think that's a beautiful thing when we're submitted to the Lord in that way. So, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And they know me. I'm trying to find where I've written it down. Um, and they listen to my voice and follow me. So that's the assurance we've got, isn't it? And I know it's it's late, but if you want to get into, if you've got, if you feel you can stay there and get into groups of two or three, maybe there's some issue that's come up this evening, or there's something that you're you want the answer to, that you, maybe we can pray in those groups 